Welcome back to Bottled Water, everybody. It is a new week. And of course, it is a hectic week. Why wouldn't it be, right? We just can't have nice things. We can't have normal things. Everything's got to be late. Everything has to be crazy. But today, I have Dave from the Generation Z podcast, which is an awesome podcast. I don't know if you guys follow it. I follow it. I watch it whenever I get a chance. Everybody knows I'm super busy, but I do watch everything that I can. So let's bring them on in, shall we? Hey. How's it going, man? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for being on. I think we've been talking about this for a while now. A couple, at least a couple months, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think we planned this back in like December, I think it was, or November. November. I yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cause I was like, <clears throat> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Just trying to figure out how to even stream and do a podcast. Right. <laughs> That's usually how it starts with everybody. So Enzo's here, says hello, Dave. Hey, what's going on, Enzo? But he says it with the creepy Hal voice. Hello, Dave. Oh, I see. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess uh, hello right back to you in that voice. <laughs> so what, what you got going on? Same old man. Um, can't uh, can't really. Um, I guess you could say uh, complain. Uh, sh shows going good. Uh, I mean, there's a lot going on in the UFO community. Uh, I mean, there's a lot to discuss, so to speak, and a lot of different, like many different angles to approach it from, in my opinion. And even then, I don't think that covers all of it, so to speak. But same old man. I mean, again, uh, I got Generation Z podcast on Spotify, Podbean, Apple oh, Podcasts, cool. and and YouTube, and we just keep rolling you know we go paranormal um uh extraterrestrial uh, politics uh, real world uh, events uh you know we go to archon series more older stuff and then of course we go to more modern day real world events but no, same old man that's awesome and you're you've got quite a uh a large uh following than uh most people would if they did you know, haven't seen your podcast, wouldn't know that you've got like over 20,000 subscribers. Yeah, I, I honestly, I just, I'm very grateful, very appreciative. I just keep making content and as grateful and appreciative as I am with respects to the actual people behind those numbers, I don't mm -hmm. necessarily myself look at the numbers in terms of like, okay, oh, I lost the subscriber today or, you know, right. I th this or that or something of the sort. But yeah, I mean, I'm extremely grateful. I, I wouldn't be able to do this, obviously, without the people that watch and listen. So that's awesome. You know, it's. And you're in Canada, right? Mm -hmm. In the Great White North, you are like the third Canadian that has been on That's since awesome. we've started the new. I don't think I've had anybody from America on my show this year. <laughs> well, I I was I was born and raised in Toronto. Uh, mm -hmm. Right now, I'm I'm based out of Manitoba. But um, I mean, I, I could tell you right now with what's going on even over here, uh, the weather is crazy even for Manitoba standards. What, wow. Whatever they're, whatever, not to, you know, start going to this, but whatever they're doing to the skies, I'm right next to a military base uh, mm -hmm. right on uh, near the prairies over here. It's interesting because you could easily mistake where I am right now for Siberia. We're talking literally, <laughs> I, I, brother, I'm minus 40, minus 45 degrees Celsius. And if wow. if you go a couple hours even north of here, you're talking minus 60, 65. So at that point, I don't it hurts. It literally hurts to breathe. I took the trash out the other day. It hurts mm -hmm. to breathe. Literally. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, I don't <clears throat> I think the coldest I've ever felt is negative 40 Fahrenheit or negative 45 Fahrenheit. And I was right. like, oh, nope. <laughs> it, yeah it's like no 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 chance but i will say very quickly i did go a couple months back and investigate and try and ask questions on the near the military base over here in manitoba it's mm -hmm. interesting because it seems to be the perfect um i guess you could say uh cover for where some underground complexes may lead particularly because it connects to the the dakotas on your guys's end north and south okay. dakota yeah but i mean I see cigar-shaped craft every few days here, and I don't know. Oh yeah, it's we're it's not they're not jets. Um, I'm sure I've made a mistake every so often for mistaking one for a jet or something like this. But I mean, I see black cigar craft uh, quite often. That's that's insane. No, no visible uh, form of propulsion. 
And when I email the military base that it seems to be originating from, I get no response. I have asked to, you know, interview the soldiers. Uh, I've been very respectful. And I got one response from their PR person saying, well, we've declined your request. And then they went on to say, if uh, if you do, you have to come and wear a vest. You have to come and we have to escort you. I said, yes, please uh, escort me. I'd be happy to. Never got mm -hmm. a response. Followed up once every couple of weeks for two months. No response. Wow. Oh, and sorry, one last thing. It interconnects between uh, um, uh, indigenous land, uh, mm -hmm. conservation, national park, provincial park, and a military base. So talk about convenience, you know? Oh, yeah. You can't go yeah. anywhere around it. No, no, you can't. Oh, that's nuts. Yeah. Yep. So I think I think one thing that we should talk about before we get too into the the paranormal thing is... Uh, aside from the world's longest convoy of trucks ever mm -hmm. going on in Canada right now, what do you think about, and I think this relates to everybody who watches this that has a podcast, what do you think about the attempts to censor Joe Rogan? Okay, so I appreciate that question. Um, b basically, without making this too long of an answer, I think, see, you have, um, and reasonably understandable, you have people saying, oh, Joe Rogan, uh, I'm, I'm for him, I support what he's doing and all that. Then you have other people saying, you can't get to Joe Rogan's level without being some sort of controlled opposition. The, right. the problem that I hold is that we've been lied to for so long using what regardless of what it is using one lie to cover another lie whether it's in pharmaceuticals whether it's in war whether it's in economics you know lying about taxes all these different things we've been lied to for so long when you use one lie to cover another when the truth is being told it, it's it's up for speculation now in a purely black and white instance i am very supportive of what's occurring with joe rogan and i'm actually kind of shocked that spotify is sticking to its guns to be mm -hmm. fair though it is joe rogan so i understand why they're sticking yeah. to their guns right um I, honestly this it's gone way too far in my opinion and it, this is not again uh, i want to be careful on your show calling it the v word we'll call it the beep boop let's say um <laughs> for me i'm not anti beep boop it's not that but i'm also not yeah. pro, pro beep boop my issue is that you can't even have an opposing discussion my that's my problem for me yeah. i you know for example i got if if i was in my 70s or 80s truth be told you know, for the sake of uh, health and all that two years ago with all this, uh, d you know, fear mongering, I probably mm -hmm. would have gotten it to, to tell you the truth. Right. If I was in that age and what have you. But now, I mean, it's like you see Trudeau, he called these truckers 40 kilometers, uh, uh, sorry, 70 kilometers long. That's about 40 miles wide when you yeah. convert it. Trudeau called the, these truckers having unacceptable views. Are you kidding me? <laughs> unacceptable. How is that unacceptable? W what's this? 1984? Like. I mean, it's like when people say they take a step back and they go like uh, that book, 1984, George Orwell. You're mm -hmm. oh, you've had too much to think. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I also I understand to a very, 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 very limited extent the concept of regulation and censorship to mm -hmm. a very limited extent. But then I also counter that in my own head with, OK, if people if they're claiming that we're spreading disinformation on Twitter or Facebook, this or that, what are they going to start doing now? Uh, 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 preventing me from giving you a call bottled water, for example, a phone. Right. Call? You're going to start censoring phone calls now, you know? Yeah. And it parallels to 1984. Mm. Very creepy. Josh and Artemis, I absolutely agree. Yep. And one of the things that I see when when I look at this and what's going on is it's literally somehow especially in America, Joe Rogan has become the center of freedom of speech. And everybody wants to censor him. Neil, was it Neil Young? Was like, yep. take my music off of Spotify or Joe Rogan stays. And they're just like, bye. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't mean to spread misinformation on your show. I did see a few tweets from some reporters that claimed it was unconfirmed, but the Biden administration was allegedly holding a national security meeting a couple weeks ago on the Joe Rogan podcast pertaining to the Dr. Malone episode because <laughs> Rogan gets a minimum, I believe, 11 million downloads per episode. Per and episode. That with, yep. with Malone, I think at this point has hit almost 100 million, if not more. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, and you look at, I think the closest in cable news that gets to Rogan's level is Fox, I think, with two, three million views. Yeah, they're not even close. Right, right. Yeah. yeah and then, then uh, sorry. 
Oh, you're, I mean, yeah, you're talking 11 million views four times. Was it three or four times a week? Yep. So anywhere from 33 to 44 million people are jumping on that platform every single week. Yep. To does... watch one thing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't include the clips. That doesn't include all the TikTok clips that go viral, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, and the, the YouTube clips, when YouTube doesn't pull them down. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because we all know YouTube, and it, so the thing, the reason I bring this up is because we tend to talk about the paranormal in the UFO community and what's going on and UFO sightings, and a lot of it is tied into government secrecy and the government hiding the truth or dismaying, just you know, dismissing sightings and things like that. Right. What happens when they stop going after Joe Rogan? And they they get what they want with him, and then they start going. Now all these crazy psychos that are talking about UFOs need to be stopped, and we're going to use YouTube to shut them down, and we're going to use Twitter to shut them down. And if you even talk about it, they can make it so the algorithm says if you talk about Roswell or recovered craft or recovered bodies from craft, they will just shut you down, and you are done. I, I I couldn't agree more. See, the thing is, the, the answer usually that's been the general answer for most is, okay, we need to make an, an, an alternative database website, you name it, right? But then you get into the mm-hmm. details of, I'm not saying it's impossible, but then you get, excuse me, into the issues of like what happened with Parler. It was going uh-huh. great. It was catching up to Twitter. Then from the back end, they were using Amazon servers. Amazon shuts it down. In my opinion, what we would need is something totally, totally decentralized. But I mean, I don't like see. Here's the thing. We see, for example, the United States government, uh, as of I think yesterday or the day before, is trying to put a cap on on cryptos and and all of this kind of stuff. Right. And then you have the opposite side of it. Whereas is it possible the intelligence, someone in the intelligence uh, community uh, manifested this whole crypto thing as a psyop, if you want to call it. Right. And this Mm -hmm. is the issue that I that I have when it comes to the ufo topic which is that to me why is it being allowed to be so prominently displayed now is it something that is being pushed from our uh human leaders on a world scale as another form of fear mongering or are they not even i'm personally i say this on my show all the time i am currently and i could be very wrong let me be clear i am currently of the personal opinion that whatever's happening on the UFO front, ET front, is not human with respects to pushing this narrative. Look at the right. articles from, from fizz.org, techexplore, independent.co.uk. Every other hour, there's more articles coming out now that substantiate this re- alleged reverse-engineered alien tech that whistleblowers described 30, 40, 50 years ago. There's more coming out every day than there has been in the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and there's, there's a lot of people speaking about it more openly than ever before. Yeah. I think everybody kind of remembers the time where people would talk about UFOs and then they get super paranoid and then they end up either not alive or missing. Right. Yes, exactly. And you don't know what happened to them. And then like 20 years later, you're like, Hey, remember that one dude that talked about this? And then, yeah, I wonder what happened to that guy exactly it's it it's so strange because it has happened and to be fair to play devil's advocate there have been a a fair amount of again fraudsters grifters whatever Mm -hmm. i mean to be honest i've even been called that for crying out loud so you know it's always going to happen but when you look at the truly unsolved cases for example there was one i believe from 20 uh oh my gosh i don't remember when uh a couple last i think three to five years give or take if i'm not mistaken a a young 21 i think 23 year old two girls they went um to to study in school in panama i believe i forgot the names off the top of my head uh Mm -hmm. nice young ladies and all of a sudden they were found what seemed to be eaten alive by an alleged 12 foot reptilian being now i know that sounds far out there and all that but there is evidence to suggest this and when the the panamanian authorities were pressed they just shut the case down they just never Wow. I mean, there's photographs, evidence to suggest that, you know, something non-human did eat it. But even saying non-human could be an animal, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, right? it could be 
Right. So I, I wonder exactly. So I wonder why in the UFO community, it, there is a particularly UFO Twitter and the discussion of such an open angled aspect of people like John Ramirez, people like, um, mm -hmm. you know, all these other individuals, the sort of new guard, if you will, coming yeah. out because the old guard, we can classify them as say, you know, Don Phillips, Staff Sergeant Clifford Stone, you know, um, Colonel Corso, all these guys. Right. Mm -hmm. It seems like the new guard has a firmer grasp on things. I don't know, again, if this is a psyop or if this is true, genuine uh, advocacy. I don't know. But this this is the problem, right? This is the issue. We've been lied to for so long that when you have someone from within government coming out, it's like, okay, do we believe them or not? Now, on the other yeah. end, of, the other end of things too, people say there is this, and I've I've been uh, uh, guilty of this myself as well. Let me be very honest with your audience. I've been guilty of this myself. People, I would say, you know, a couple of years back, I don't believe until the government trusts me. Uh, mm -hmm. Excuse me, I don't trust it till the government tells me. Excuse me. Yeah. And then when the government, someone from the government comes out. Uh, they're the government. They always lie. I've been guilty of that myself. So where do you win? How do you win? Mm -hmm. No, it's it's a hard it's a hard subject to follow. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of parallels between nor I guess what people would say normal society and the UFO community. Mm. There's yeah. it's very there's this center line that a lot of people try to stride and like kind of stay on this center line so we can talk to everybody. Most of them are podcasters or people who engage regularly with people just because we wouldn't have a show if we can't get people to come on to our shows. And then on the other end, you have people who will be like, well, I believe in Bob Lazar. And mm. that guy does it. So you had him on your show or you talked to that guy. So I don't want to talk to you. I'm going to just shut you down. And it's has like, that, is that, sorry, has that actually happened to you? Not to me, but I've seen it. Wow. Yeah. There, there are people like if you, there is a huge group in UFO Twitter that if you say Bob Lazar, they will just completely dismiss you and just be like, you do not know anything you're talking about and you don't know anything. And I'm just like, wow, man. But you believe the guy who been spoons with his mind says there's a freaking alien invasion imminent. Right. That article yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's, Geller. let's really decide where we're going to decide what we believe is real and what we believe isn't. Mm, like well okay so i appreciate you bringing this up because i can just say not that i have the uh to your audience i'm not trying to preach that i have the answer or anything like i think there's right. too many people out there doing that for me and my show and all that at generation said we try we do our best to work together collectively to use the process of elimination to to say okay what i call let's take the consistent data points that we can find from other sources and cross-reference them for example bob lazar you know the hand scanner the descriptions mm -hmm. of the craft we can cross reference that for example with a gentleman by the name of bill uhouse with a gentleman by the name of boyd bushman um mm -hmm. certain things like this that are consistent right and then of course there's the other angle of it too where uh, again uh, a friend of mine jeremy riss alien scientist he's yeah. not, he, he doesn't believe the lazar story as much and i respect that because he is very similar in my uh, opinion of playing devil's advocate against himself and mm -hmm. and I do believe I could be wrong, but I do believe that Mr. Riss would be, uh, again, if presented with proof or evidence that he was incorrect, he would say, oh, shit. You know, again, as, as he says on his website, he goes, if I'm proven uh, incorrect or anything like that, by all means. And that's, you know, generally the way that I take it. I don't know if I should believe or disbelieve people like Lazar. What I do is I go, OK, we got, you know, all these people, Colonel Corso, Dr. Herman Oberth, Warner Von Braun. We take the the substantiated quotes um, uh, with Ben Rich, former head of Lockheed Martin Skunk Works Division. Right. Yeah. We take these alleged substantiated quotes and we then cross reference it with the description of the craft with all these different data points that's how i do it i don't necessarily personally i don't necessarily stick by one story per se mm -hmm. yeah and I, I think that's that's a good way to go about it and i mean there were people that were saying that uh the some of the injuries that have happened at skinwalker ranch are part of the havana syndrome um you know phenomenon right and then it was, well, it could be a foreign actor or a government entity that's doing this. And my biggest question when I hear that and they try to correlate those two things together is, 
Um, what government agency is standing in the middle of literally nowhere, Utah, with a city, with a town with a population of like 1,200 people and shooting these things at a very well-known ranch that is filming what is happening? Right. So, I again, I appreciate you bringing this up, man, because... Again, is it in my head, is it possible that a foreign adversary is using some type of direct energy weapon to do this? Sure, I guess anything is possible, but what are the pro what's the probability? Now, we have individuals like uh, Dr. Jim Lukowski, Dr. Hal Putoff, and Dr. Uh, Eric Davis. Yeah. They were the ones, I believe, with ATIP, um, Advanced yeah. Aerospace yeah. Threat Identification Program. And I think, uh, no, Mr. Lukatsky was with OSAP, I believe. And we see, for example, the interview with um, Dr. Eric Davis and Stephen Greenstreet from the basement office. He said he mm -hmm. goes, eventually, I believe ATIP was shut down because he said, or OSAP, excuse me, uh, with respects to the ran Skinwalker Ranch investigation, because he said he goes, there are a lot of leaders, particularly within the United States government and Congress that are very uh, religious that you know they've yeah. been referred to by as what some speculate as the Collins elite a group of individuals that are that believe no matter what all of these phenomenon uh, alleged entities beings are all that of Satan's work and, yeah they're all and demons that that's it you have no choice that like there's no whatever right and, mm -hmm. and I'll be honest I'm sure there is some negative ones don't get me wrong I'm sure there are but Eric Davis said something that really stuck with me in a way that I think people overlooked which is that he goes our leaders just won't believe it, believe it if we brought it to them, if we told them this is what it is. So, mm -hmm. again, you have a group of individuals that do think, for example, just like the Bob Lazar thing. You say Eric Davis, uh, Hal Putoff or Jim Lukatsky, you, mm -hmm. you know, they, they call they, they make fun of those guys sometimes and saying, oh, they're LARPing. They're live action role playing. They're not yeah. really actually they're going out there just having fun and they're getting, you know, 10, 20 mil every few years and they're just doing the, whatever. Right. Yeah. I understand the side of it when people say, OK, substantiate this to me you know, provide that, prove this to me. With mm -hmm. that being said, though, again, there's certain things that I look at that go, okay, if if Eric Davis and Hal Putoff and Jim Lukatsky are so LARPing and out there and woo-woo, what's with these security clearances? Because then it's a double-edged sword. If they have these clearances, yeah. does that mean that these clearances mean crap? Does that mean that the government, meet, like, does that mean that these programs are not as serious as the government makes it out to see? And if that's not the case, and the clearances are that serious, how the hell do they have them and still hold them if they're LARPing at Skinwalker Ranch? So, yeah. I mean, this is the thing that I, you know. Yeah, not only that, if it if it was a, a foreign agent or whatever with the, the Havana syndrome, or I know the CIA came out and said, we don't know what it is, but nobody yeah. trusts them. <laughs> but when you look at it, it goes embassy, 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 some random fucking ranch in the middle of Utah. Right. So yeah. that, oh, that makes sense. That's right. the line of attacks. Oh, now let's, let's, let's hit this farmer real quick. These guys over here with their EMF detectors and flying Is around in helicopters. Are people really pushing back? And I'm actually genuinely asking this that hard against Skinwalker Ranch being some type of DEW mind game, psych sci psychological warfare ground. It, it's one of the, uh, I think when I see it, it's one of the more, this is the grounded in reality explanation. Okay. Because of oh, the government spent so many years here and they got nothing. No, they didn't get nothing. They gave all their information over to a private company in, that you cannot FOIA, which right. is how these programs work. I know I was a contractor. Anything I did went to my contract company, not to the army. So you couldn't FOIA the army for what I was working on or anything that I had to do with it because it all went to a private company. You can't FOIA a private company. Right. Uh, speaking of which, by the way, you uh, uh, have you taken a look at the interesting relationships, particularly in the 1970s with the uh, military contractors leading up to the official founding of the Department of Energy in 1977? It's quite interesting. Yeah, it's it's one of the more shady things. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost as shady as when nikolai tesla died and the fbi raided the apartment and took every single thing out of the apartment and you can look it up this isn't this isn't a conspiracy theory this youtube this is a fact this actually happened but 
Yeah, and then, like they took all the documents, all the research, and everything else, and then whisked it away, and never, never to ever be seen again. Nobody knew what what happened to it. Now, one thing I want to mention, and I'm not trying to go down this path of oh, you know, the world's ending, Alex Jones type fear mongering, because mm-hmm. to be honest, uh, Trump's uncle was allegedly part of that. Ob, yes. Yeah. Um, so my thing is, is this in particular? If you had said to me, which people did six months, a year ago, this whole reptilian shape-shifting, they're trying to create a new world order, uh, um, collapse the international boundaries of countries so that there's like it's more quadrants throughout the world. I would have been and I was very skeptical. Now, the more I see across the old guard and new guard, as I called it, with respects to the whistleblowers, if you will, military veterans, contractors, all of that, it seems like there's a fair amount of truth to that with respects to some type of entity push non-human entity pushing a narrative forward to attempt to collapse the barriers of our countries in a way that would create what seems to be again a little bit out there but what the anunnaki allegedly did you had the seven quadrants of the world and that was it and Mm -hmm. to provide some names just for your audience so i don't sound like a total you know crazy guy um we can go with um don phillips lieutenant colonel uh, uh philip corso staff sergeant clifford stone we can go with Phil Schneider. We can go with even, I'll be honest, we can take it as far back as, for example, uh, Dr. Herman Oberth, who was the mentor to Warner Von Braun, who said, yes. and I quote, we cannot attribute all of the advancements in rocketry propulsion to ours alone. We have been helped by the people of other worlds. That is, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, a word for verbatim quote. Mm-hmm. So we look at these consistencies. Now you could say, okay, these are just words, right? We need documents. <laughs> then you look at all of that and you think, my gosh, there may be something to this, but then you have the problem of what you just said, the FOIA. They put it, yeah. they keep changing the names, you know, UFO, UAP. At one point it was UCT, uh, uncorrelating target, you know, all these different things, right? Um, mm-hmm. So uh, this, and then on top of that, aside from the sleight of hand movements, they then push it off to the contractors. Yeah. And that's the easiest way to do it. You just yeah. give it over to a contractor and guess what? You can't FOIA Robert Bigelow. You're never going to see unless Robert Bigelow releases that information, which I don't think he can because there's probably some NDA attached to it in the terms of we will destroy your life if you ever let this stuff go. He's never going to release that information. That data is gone. Yeah. There, I- you'll, you'll have the little little stories that come from researchers that went there and that George Napple put out, but for Robert Bigelow is never going to come out and say, this is all the footage we caught when we were filming. This is all of our instrumentation data. And this is exactly what we were studying when we were there getting $22 million from the U S government. Right. It's just not going to happen. And if you look at the results of it, I think he has a billboard up in space, like a little, collapsible shuttle like pod thingy i believe got a billboard projected on it right yeah i looked into his company and i just looked at the finances and i was like dude's got like eight people that work for him for him or something right now because of the pandemic and their income that they're generating without producing any results is it's outstanding it's out exactly. So clearly you think that if a, a man made billions on his own from nothing to something, he'd know how to pay people and when not to pay them, right? Mm-hmm. With respects to that. I mean, even I'm not an accountant, but have you seen, for example, all you got to do is take a look at uh, some of Lockheed Martin's books with respects to their contracts They've they and the U.S. government. Some of them are, 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 again, not saying that it's always the case that it's ET related, but some of these contracts are in the negative. Lockheed Martin is losing money. Yeah. It's like, you know. Is something yeah, the f-35 that's it exactly like mm-hmm. which was that was it the f-35 that they um which was the one that the u.s government announced about a year or two ago they spent 20 years and like billions trying to make the the world's lightest jet that they said totally failed oh i don't that was not the f-35 no they, right I, I know the whole f-35 program itself which for some reason needed like a backup engine okay but it is, wasn't that no, no, the F thirty five is just a completely different shit show. That's like an internationally funded uh, okay plane. 
Right. Okay. Because for me, I find it interesting that the books allegedly start to get murky. Again, I'm not an accountant, but when it comes to the Pentagon, the DOD, and the Atomic Energy Commission, and the Department mm -hmm. of Energy, those four general areas, don't get me wrong, the NRO, the National Reconnaissance Organization, the um, National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, uh, NORAD, I'm sure they're... You have to be with respects to what you see underwater or NOAA, NOAA with respects to what you see in the skies. They, they have to. But I mean, it's just phenomenal that it's just been suppressed for so long. Yeah. And it's <clears throat> I th one of the things is these agencies don't talk to each other. Right. Right. There's the uh, dysfunctional family element. Yeah. Like the, the self pride of why do I have to talk to them? I'm the yeah. I'm Noah. I don't need to talk to the DIA. What the right. hell? I'm out here taking pictures of whales or something. Right. And which is not what they're doing. Right. And the other thing, one last thing, if I could say quickly, is that the CIA, um, according to a former CIA officer, Andrew Busamante, and I believe it's public knowledge, the CIA has their own dr uh, drug department, drug enforcement department, basically a copy, yeah. a, a copy and paste of the DEA, because they believe that the CIA believes they're number one amongst above all the other agencies. They can do it best, yada, yada. But I think a little bit deeper than that. I think, OK, if it's true relative to the Iran-Contra late 70s, early 80s buildup of what Gary Nolan tried to divulge before he mm -hmm. mysteriously died, right? With drug money funding a lot of these black projects. Yeah. What if this this uh, a lot of this drug money is funding the black projects and the reason for the CIA or one of the reasons for the CIA developing their own version or a department of you know drug enforcement, drug, even yeah. though you, you have the DEA in and of itself a full-on entity separately, would be to oversee some of that again very dirty murky business that you know allows them to muddy the numbers well that that goes along with saying like we have the uh, atf right alcohol tobacco firearms and explosives but nobody ever says the whole thing i have never seen an atf raid ever on a tobacco farm mm. Or a liquor store, or right. a you know a distillery. Oh, I've seen a whole lot of raids with the F, the the part of their name that the F stands for. Right. And it's like, I... um, do you pay attention to the other two things that are you know, two thirds <laughs> of what you're supposed to be doing? Because <laughs> right. I'm not a big fan of the ATF because I'm a huge fan of my Second Amendment rights. Fair, as my yeah. followers know. <laughs> well, I, I could say that I wish, um, and I understand. I know that the, the gun topic is is very delicate for some, but I mean, I wish we had some type of leeway in Canada with respects to some type of Second Amendment, but we don't. I mean, well, it's bad, man. Not only is it uh, a touchy subject, but I don't. So you can show guns on YouTube. I, I looked into it. So you can have, because I was going to do a channel with just like shooting and sure. talking about guns and how to properly operate them and everything else. But they keep changing the rules. So you can you can shoot a gun on YouTube as long as it's on either a official range or a private range. And then you have to be able to explain if they flag your video that proper safety precautions are being used. And now you can't have a magazine in your video over 10 rounds, I think it is, whatever the California limit Whoa. is. If you have over a 10 round magazine in your video, they will demonetize you if you are monetized. That is. Well, I can tell you this is one of the little tricks personally as I don't agree with that, but this is one of the reasons when I started uh, my show on my end, I didn't uh, start running ads and that's no disrespect to anyone who does. I totally get why. I just, mm -hmm. I had a feeling, I saw the censorship building up and I said to myself, they're going to nick me if, I, if I'm if i a Google partner 
to advertise yeah. with them, you know, so I didn't, I could definitely see that happening. I mean, they, again, you have people like Phil Schneider, who, when he did his speeches back in the 90s, said this is a long term game plan of attempting a new world order. And one of the few things that is in the way is the Second Amendment. Now, the question becomes, if these ETs are so vastly superior, what do our guns even mean to them? But I think yeah. it's not so much about them coming in and directly in a kinetic warfare way taking our guns i think it has to do more with they need to do it in a way that's subtly psychological uh that slowly allows us to do it in a way that we think we're using free will and yeah and, but they're making us think we are do you see what i'm saying it, they're yeah it kind of it kind of goes down to how alarming it is how many mm. people went from i don't really trust the government mm-hmm. to I'm going to follow every single thing they say, and I will rat people out who are not doing what the government says they should be doing. Yes. And I'm like, whoa, you took a hard 180 from, you know, maybe we should not trust the government to I'm going to report you to the government. I, I couldn't agree more, and I just find it interesting as well that if we talk about some type of uh, entity or multiple entities pulling the strings on this planet, so to speak, it's interesting that as the beep-boop narrative starts yeah. to fall apart, all of a sudden, everyone, there's an attempt by global media all over the world to redirect our emotional responses to Ukraine. And I'm not saying that yeah. we shouldn't be focused on Ukraine, but notice how when the narrative of the beep boop and all that stuff tends to sort of really get watered down and, you know, have the CDC director saying they're pivoting the definition of fully vaccinated. Yeah. So can, can I pivot my way out of paying taxes this year if that's the case? You know what I mean? Like I know, that, right? that's except well, exactly. If they're going to play those games, why can't I do it right back to them? But point yeah. being that ultimately when you look at all of this. This is watering down. You see UK, Ireland, Denmark. Okay, fine. We could say, for example, Austria is going full force. But um, then all of a sudden, it now it's Ukraine. You know, now it's, oh, shit, yeah. what's Putin doing, right? It's a constant mm-hmm. point being, if I'm, if I'm a string puller, right? Look, trying to pull the strings of different uh, of the masses on Earth. Yeah. I will constantly create an emotional response, right? Yeah. Do you see what I'm so uh, that's just me, though. I could be wrong. But Well, and this is, I remember seeing an old video, and it was about... God, I think it was from like the 70s. It might have been older. Uh, there was a, I think it was a woman talking about how she was, uh, she worked for this general or something like this. And they laid out the whole like 70 year plan, how the Cold War would end and then the threat narrative would change as part of the military industrial complex. Warner von Braun. Yes. Yes. And and then it would change to like these terrorist states, like the Middle East and then the terrorist states. And then when there was no more real enemies, the alien narrative would come up and that is how they would get the money to buy, build and buy new bigger bombs. But you see this, sorry to interrupt, this speaks to a larger, uh, perspective to me because it becomes like okay warner von braun i forgot her name so i don't want to say it but she was told warner von braun um just months before he passed away if not weeks yeah. said after post-world war ii this is going to be the game plan you're going to have the cold war you're then going to have the threat of terrorists which we saw from the 90s build up to the mid-2000s mm-hmm. then he said you're going to have the um uh the Yes, 16 says G, absolutely. Then you're going to have the th- the uh, threat from third world crazy countries, hence North yeah. Korea, you know, North all Korea, these. Th- yeah. Right, all, all of that. Iran, there you go, right? Turkey, all these, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that, I believe he said, you're going to have the space race, if you will, but there's going to be a fake invasion or a, a yeah. staged invasion, if you will, which speaks to me to a larger narrative of if it's all about faking an invasion, if it's all about, which it very well could be, where does it end? Which tell, which speaks to me at least that there's some type of negative entity that is con- or entities, whether human or otherwise, that are controlling this. Because think about a negative person, someone who just who's just money hungry on an individualistic yeah. level, right? What do they want? They just want more money, right? Yeah. Just like with power, power cannot help but show how powerful it wants to be. Mm-hmm. For me, when I look at someone who's in charge, that may be good or positively oriented what direction are they going in with a certain goal with these people they're going to stage an alien invasion to what just make more money which is why it's very no it's very possible and no, I yeah hope, it is 
I hope that whatever alleged factions are fighting in the background, and apparently there are not just two, there's multiple with multiple different agendas as to whether, you know, that's beneficial to our species as humans. It's not for me to say, but I hope, I hope, I feel like our species has been here more than once before in terms of an age of awakening and all that. And I think we've messed up before. I hope we don't get it wrong this time. Yeah. And so one thing that I think kind of breaks up that narrative, that idea that that's, that's where they're going is suddenly we went from, you know, this is, this is the problem that the terrorist or whatever group anybody wants to be angry at to Russia. Mm. Like we hardline straight towards Russia. And yeah. I was like, wow, that was quick. And I'm just like, oh, well, you know, does Putin want to invade the Ukraine? I don't know. Do I think anybody should be getting involved with it? Nope. You know why? I have nothing to do with the Ukraine. I enlisted and dealt with the war that I enlisted for. This shit is not my problem. Right. And that's how a lot of veterans feel. I I, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm of the personal belief that it's not our problem. And I agree with you. Now you have people saying, Oh, don't we have a human and moral obligation? I would say yes. However, what I would then say is, and this is no disrespect to the American people, the fantastic people I'm speaking of former administrations. Mm-hmm. If you want to get involved and help out, and I would not just to America, to any other country, do not do what Cheney did to freaking Iraq, oh, because yeah. that is exactly yeah. what, you know, Cheney Rumsfeld, the whole crew, all of those mm-hmm. guys over there. I mean, how can you like, how can we even be allowed? And I, when I say we, I know I'm in Canada, but I say the West because, you know, America coughs, Canada sneezes, you know, the, the, Mm -hmm. the way it goes. How can we be allowed to go anywhere else after what the hell just happened for the past 20 years over there? And I, I feel terrible for the people of Ukraine, assuming it's even accurate what's being reported to tell you the truth. Now, again, I'm not a Putin defender. I want to be clear, but also at the same time, Putin made a point that made me think. And again, I know there's a lot going on on the back end on intelligence levels. We will probably never even know. I get that. Yeah. But I mean, or ultimately, I don't get that. But when Putin said, if you put, uh, he goes, how about I put, you know, some basic missile bases, missile silos and bases? He goes, how about I put them near Hawaii? He's mm-hmm. trying to make a point. So I, yeah. I, I see what he's saying. Now, with that being said, many Russian experts like um, Yevgenia Albets or Michael McFall, they claim, you know, Putin wants just his part of the world. He wants to do what he wants with his part of the world and leave him alone type thing. I don't know if I agree with that either, to be honest. But at the same time, who the hell am I to talk? I'm in I'm in the West. You know, this is the thing. Yeah. And, you know, I get countries are supposed to have their sovereignty. And I can see why NATO would threaten Russia. Russia would not be happy with more and more countries becoming NATO countries. And, you know, I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'd be pissed off, too. I mean, Putin claims that, you know, NATO needs the only way NATO could stay alive is if there's a constant external threat. And I'm inclined to agree with that in a lot of regards, because if you go, say, no threat for 5, 10, 15 years and the people, the leaders of NATO are going to convene these meet are going to say, what are we holding these, you know, by um, these quarterly meetings for or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So I understand that he makes a point. But I mean, see, this speaks to a larger picture to me personally of how these extraterrestrials live on their own planets, allegedly. They don't, it's not so much physical quarantine or barriers. It's more ideological ones. It seems to be more, they align themselves with, I don't want to say tribes, but groups of anywhere from one to 20 million. It's been reported, right? Mm -hmm. Different, they stick to different planets, different parts of planets. They live off the nature. They they use technology only when necessary. So I I start to think, is this maybe the way we should attempt to try? I don't, you know. uh, I mean, is that even... Is that possible with us? With uh, this, we are our own enemy, and this—you're right. You're right. This is it, the thing. We we are so tied to technology. I mean, right now, you and I are having mm-hmm. a conversation through microphones and cameras and exactly. lights over the internet on Wi-Fi, and right, and all these people are watching it. It's like we are extremely dependent on technology and just that's how we live that's see this is another thing too the in my opinion 
this is i mean i think it could be not turned around but revamped if you want to call it but it would really need a from the ground up redoing but i think the technology is moving much faster than the culture and that's a scary thing right yeah and allegedly that's what these aliens good or bad have told our world leaders time and time again you're not evolving spiritually to match the technological involvement mm -hmm. so no and i think that's that's not hard to prove <laughs> No, not I mean, at all, man. Go like if you want to prove just how screwed up people are with technology, go on TikTok. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Just go on TikTok and you will just be like, holy crap, people like this breed. Yeah. <laughs> man, you know, there's been some people on TikTok I've seen. And listen, at the end of the day, if however they make their money, I do not judge how someone makes a living. Um no, but man, when I see some of these guys, uh, you know, um, there's this one girl. I don't know if she still does it. Apparently, she she barks like a dog and makes like two, three hundred grand a month off of TikTok. Something ridiculous. Now, no disrespect to them. It, it, I mean, it's no. just, but people, I guess they, there's a market. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's a market for everything at this point, and which could be reminiscent of the tech moving, of the culture moving faster than the tech. Yeah, yeah, right? easily. I mean. You look at the things that become, I mean, like NFTs. Yeah. The uh, I, I saw a video. It was uh, Paris Hilton and Jimmy Fallon were talking about their ape uh, NFTs that they right. bought. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Or $100,000, $150,000, whatever it was. It doesn't matter. It's more. It's a digital picture. It's an image. Yeah. It's. And that's they own the rights to this digital image, and they they spent more than most people's houses cost on it. And I was like, "Holy shit! Why did you buy that? That is not a tangible thing. Yeah, you, you can't touch it. You can't do anything with it. And I get buying like computer programs and stuff, but that's useful because you can do something with it, right?" But I think, I don't know, man. I think it's worse than crypto. I, I have crypto, just to put it out there. But crypto has a value. NFT's value is based off of the idiot who's willing to pay that much for it. Now, and I, I say this with the utmost respect, but to, just for the sake of healthy debate, couldn't we also say that's how crypto started? And I'm not defending NFTs, just trying no, it, yeah, in the beginning, I, I would say that's fair, but look at what like Bitcoin has become. Mm. Right, and right. This is why this is why I don't think NFTs will ever reach what crypto has become. It's because NFTs are just so random and can be so many different things. And like I could make one image, say there's ten thousand copies of it, convert it into an NFT with ten thousand versions of the same image that go out to 10,000 different people who pay 0 0.001 cent and yeah. I get 10% of the, JPEG. the trading. Yeah. The, the okay. buying and selling. Right. And then it sells them. They buy and sell and eventually it's a dollar and eventually it's $10 and it just keeps going up. And I'm still getting 10% off of every transaction, mm. but I get more and more as it goes higher and higher. Right. But the thing with crypto is it's a decentralized monetary system. Right. And the importance behind that is what I don't think a lot of people fully comprehend how important a decentralized currency is. Mm. Yeah. Because then you get away from the Federal Reserve. You get away from the World Bank. You get away from all these other things. And people go, well, they could just shut off the power. And how are you going to get to it? Well, and if I they say, shut off the power, they need us to continue to function, though. Yeah. If you shut the power off, we are. The, I mean, if we all stop working, what are they going to control us with? Yeah. <clears throat> and I say, well, it works the same way because how many people carry cash? Mm. So if they shut the power off, how are you going to use your debit card? How are you going to use your one tap? Your right. easy, your easy uh, checkout. Actually, uh, I got a question for you, uh, uh, Bottled Water. How much, mm -hmm. if you had to put in percentage-wise, how much do you think, in your opinion, and I'm sure cryptos, it was more so before maybe than now or maybe more, I don't know. How much do you think NFTs, though, are being used for very high-level organized crime money laundering? I think that's exactly what they're for. Okay, right. <laughs> right. I right. mean, it, how easy would it be to launder money if you're like, okay, I got $100,000. 
I'm going to buy this dumbass pitcher from this guy who I owe $100,000, but it's not entirely legal the way I got the money. So if I buy this, then he gets the $100,000 and then we can use it for something else. It's an easy way to launder money. Right. Oh, I mean, it's, I, I would, again, I, I don't know as, uh, as much about it as you do. I would say it's probably easier than real estate and real estate was one of the easiest to, you know, someone bought a, um, bought a house for, t- you know, Trump would buy a house for 10 million. Epstein two years later would buy it for 70 million. You're telling me yeah. it jumped 60 million in two years. But again, there's free capitalist market. Enough. Who are you to question someone right. paying that much for it? Right. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's one of those things as well. Right. But, um, if I could say very quickly, uh, Iran, Turkey, Pakistan, China, and India, they seem to be the main countries trying to get off of the U.S. dollar, specifically. Yeah, which there, is, there was a country in, in, was it Central or South America that switched to, was it Guatemala that switched to Bitcoin? I believe so, when they have a, they're announcing a big mining operation, I think, that they're going to power, I forgot, with a volcano or something like that? Something like, yeah, they switched entirely to Bitcoin. Right, yeah, I believe was it Guatemala? I don't. It was one of the. It was South it was, America or Central America. I think it was Guatemala. I think you're right. I think it was Guatemala. Yeah. I mean, you see, for example, even the the Turkish lira right now. Some mm-hmm. say that's an intelligence operation to deliberately drop it. Oh, they've got insane inflation. Yeah, but that yeah. happens, and so that's like one of the things, right? And so I've been seeing like these crazy, th- this craziness building over the last like three or four years. And it seems like it's all heading to a front, like where all these things are starting to come together. You have the three-year, 15 days to flatten the curve. You have inflation. You have war, like brinks of war all over the world. Yeah, You have all these things that are happening. And then you throw aliens into it. And they Mm -hmm. did it at the perfect time because they just went, um, here's our UFO videos from the DOD and people just went, okay, anyways. So, yes, right, right, right. Cause, cause you make a great point. Can you imagine if the DOD said this say in 2014, 15, when no. things were calm or calmer rather? Yeah. It, yeah. Right. Oh, it would have been, a, it would have been a hot button issue. Everybody right. would have been talking about it. Right. Did you see these UFO videos from the Pentagon? Right. Yeah, yeah I did. Right. <laughs> I saw them three years ago when they came out. No, Thanks. really? They came out that long ago? Yeah. I was speaking to someone, a uh, very, very quick story. I was speaking to someone lately who said, who I, I said to them, I go, you hear about this UFO, the footage, the Pentagon announced it. My friend says to me, he goes, Dave, he goes, no, that's, he goes, that's not true. I go, what do you mean? He goes, the Pentagon didn't confirm any footage. I go, Are, you're like four years behind because yeah. he, and then he says to me, he goes, well, if they did, he goes, I believe you because you're my friend. But he goes, if they did, they would have. He goes, it would have been all over the news. I said, it, it was, it is. Yeah. But you got, you got now, you got mass protests, you got COVID, you got wars going on. Who's, like you said, it's emotional, constant. Look here, look there, look here, yeah. look there, right? It, yeah, it's, it, they've, they've pulled the world in so many different directions that UFOs could just fly by people's houses like 500 feet off the ground and they'd just be like, huh. You know, if I could speak in a witch, I have a friend, by the way, Obi. Yes, I couldn't agree more. It's it's shocking how many people have not seen the video still. I have oh, yeah. a friend that said to me, he goes, Dave, he goes, uh, like, you know, he goes, I respect the work you do and all that. But he goes, I simply do not believe that, you know, this is a thing. I said, totally fine. But I said, mm-hmm. what would it take for hypothetically for you to believe this? He goes, I would need a being to come down with its craft walk off its craft and shake my hand and then I'll believe it. And no, but you know what I said to him, I go fair because at least that's where you draw the line. You know, there's other people no matter what. And I think you've gone a little back and forth with uh, quite uh, a famous uh, uh, alleged debunker, Mick West, you know, yeah, he was on the show. Right. And I honestly, look, I got respect for Mr. West with respects to the way that he does debunk certain uh, cases. But yeah. again, and I'd love to have him on my show, but I would say him, say it to him as if he was in the call right now. Mr. West, sir, some of your uh, debunkings, as much as I respect a lot of them, some of them seem to be more of a conspiracy than they're actually just being aliens in a craft themselves. I'll yeah, I mean, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people and we, we kind of went over this when I had him on. And I've, I've talked about this before is 
Twitter is like the worst place to have a conversation. I agree. Yeah. Because you can't have a conversation on Twitter. You can have arguments on Twitter and then you can just agree with people on Twitter. It's all about gotcha on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Now, when I talked to Mick West and actually had a conversation with him, I went away from it with a completely different uh, point of view that I had bef- like going into the conversation. Because going into it, I told him, I was like, hey, look, I just want to have a, a normal discussion and we'll just talk about all these things, right? And he was like, yeah, sure. And then actually talking to him, I was like, this dude's actually pretty fucking cool. Right. See, this is the thing because it, it gets that it derives Twitter, that emotional response, because maybe yes. it's the, the limit of how many characters you can type and all these different things. But it just seems like even though, you know, Twitter is now given the option, you can create a thread, you can, you know, expand, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. It still seems like people want and this is what in a way scares me. They want that emotional gotcha. They want that. I don't care about the actual data, whether it's UFO Twitter or otherwise. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, I would rather see someone what's it for exchange, like a $200 pickup that they can get running so they can do and learn more. Yeah. Sorry. I don't, I don't get that. Dennis. Uh, what could you explain bottled water? What, uh, what Dennis meant by that? I think what he's talking about is, uh, like a, uh, a barter system. Like you get the pickup truck, you fix it up and then you're learning, you learn how to fix it and you can do more. It just makes your life better. I'm a mechanic. Right. I can weld. I can tear apart engines, okay. transmissions, and a lot of other things. And I'm really good with things YouTube doesn't like. But <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Army. Government paid for it. But, <clears throat> you know, like talking about uh, uh, Twitter, he said yes. So, Oh, cool, Dennis. I, I agree. Yes, yes. Thank you. So talking about Twitter... And I think part of the issue that we have is everybody's so connected to social media. It has literally taken the emotional connection out of talking to people mm-hmm. with talking to people. So, yeah, you lose when you lose that connection and humans are, you know, kind of emotional people. You know that somebody's angry if they have all caps. Mm-hmm. And that's. You cannot pick up sarcasm. You can't pick up these little idiosyncrasies that we have when we talk to people with inflections of voice and their body language and everything else. Like, are their eyes like, or are they just like, right? So you lose like 90% of actual communication on Twitter and on Facebook and all these other things. And then Instagram and you know, Snapchat and TikTok are all just fake anyways. Twitter would be great in my, sorry, in my opinion, if, if we were not an emotional species or as emotional as we were oh, or if as we, we were are. Computers, Twitter would be awesome. Right. <laughs> or if even just a little, le- I mean, actually substantially less emotional, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And when you look at this and, and you look how it affects our society and how people just react to each other now, mm-hmm. they, they just react so off the wall yeah just down the left or right or whatever they just go off the wall and just flip out and a lot of people are like dude what the hell is wrong with that guy and i'm just like that guy probably spends too much time on social media because they have no idea how to talk to people because they don't talk to people yes and then we want disclosure to happen we want the aliens to show up and they're probably looking at us like wow they are going down a dark road Maybe we should wait until they figure out what the hell they are. Right. And then there's the other side of it, too, um, where actually not the other side, one other angle of it. There's multiple pieces of this uh, puzzle, so to speak. But some are saying some factions believe it's time to intervene. Benevolent factions. It's Mm -hmm. time to it's time to intervene. It's time to, you know, guide them sort of, uh, you know, guide them a little bit because there are good amongst the 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 bad in the, on the human side of things then allegedly mm-hmm. there's the other side that or the other other factions that just want to keep the control going as long as it's been and then there's allegedly another angle of factions that are like 
uh, they got to sort this out for themselves. <coughs> we we want to help them, but again, more so like Star Trek Prime Directive, no, yeah. you know, type concept. We right? can watch but not interfere type and, thing. Yeah, and we'll only interfere if we really, really feel we need to type thing, you know. Yeah. So again, and I agree with you, man. Uh, they look at us and they like we're children. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and and I say this not that I'm better than anybody, but like some people I look as I go about my day, uh, you know, shopping or this or that. Some people just seem very unreasonably emotional. Now, I don't want to I don't want to say that that's my final conclusion of them because I don't know if they have respectfully mental health issues. I don't know if, you know, right. You don't know what happened to them. Right. Right. I'm I'm speaking as a collective overall. I think as a species, we're far too emotionally responsive. We jumped way too quick. We jump way too Mm -hmm. fast. No. Yeah, you're right. And, I was watching a uh, a show, I think it was Nat Geo or, or something, and it was talking about the interconnectivity of trees and plant life. Right. And it, I think it was talking about like swarms and stuff. It, it doesn't matter. But how the forest is all interconnected, how mushrooms aren't just what you see on the surface. There's this whole network underneath and these plants exchange minerals and vitamins and information through electrical impulses and everything right and then if you look at like herds of animals and the way they move in avoiding predators and stuff like that they're kind of a big organism composed of a lot of individual organisms they work as one and then you look at people Mm -hmm. and i'm like wow so you mean to tell me that all these dumb wildebeest can span miles and all be going the same place for the same purpose, for the same reason. But if you put 10 people in a room and said, solve this physical problem, mm-hmm. it would probably erupt into fighting. Depending on how, if you, if you made the problem complex, if people would just argue and fight and it would just break down. This is why I think we've been from a very I couldn't I, I couldn't agree with you more, but I think from a very grand uh, scheme of uh, grand uh, big picture type uh, perspective, we've been hit on the head with amnesia in mm-hmm. uh, in some point in our in time, I think in the last 10 to 15,000 years, uh, roughly, where we we knew our species knew our ancestors knew we've been through this before something or someone whether it was human or otherwise came and dinged us on the head. And made us, you know, lose memory of what everything you were just explaining there of this form of interconnectivity. How come mm-hmm. it seemed like ancient human cultures had a much deeper understanding of psychedelics and the constellations yeah. and the system of the cosmos than we do right now? Clearly, right. what I see right now is like, um, how can I explain it? A bunch of um, just a bunch of like scattered little like, uh, I guess you could say um, rats or whatever, just bumping into each other all over yeah. the planet. Where some of us are organized, but not enough, you know. Mm-hmm. That's my uh, perspective. Oh yeah, it, it's uh, <clears throat> it's why in the military, during your initial training, they purposely give you tasks they know as a group you can't complete. Right, okay. and they do it over and over and over again because you're either going to learn how to work together, or you're just going to keep failing. This is interesting because I believe this refers to something called the zone of proximal development, where they try and get people to go as close to the edge as possible of tasks they cannot do, but they can get close to doing. And each time they get closer and closer. Yeah. Is that okay? Interesting. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what they do. They just they'll give you an impossible task because right. they know you're you guys, the people, the 50 people have known each other for all of a day. And <laughs> haven't really talked and they're getting yelled at and then you just go you go all of you go do this right now you have 10 minutes you have five minutes you have four minutes you're Mm, done so you build up this intense stress and everybody's yelling at each other and swearing at each other Mm. and the breakdown is really quick in the beginning and then of course they get a negative reinforcement with physical pt physical training right and then they make you do it again and again and again over the course of this 12 or 13 week period 
by the end of it, you guys are all friends and you can just do whatever. There's people who don't like each other, but you're all friends. And if they give you a task with like, hey, you three go do this, it'll just be like, all right. Right. Exactly. Wow. Wow. That's that's huge. That I mean, it would make sense why they do that for mm-hmm. certain um but it's, but- it is funny to see like all these strangers come together and just completely break apart because that is like exactly what would happen in society if right. there was a major cataclysm and you were just like okay who's gonna take charge right it would just be even more ramped up than it is now that mm-hmm. like way more right uh unfortunately brother i do have to take off in the next couple minutes no yeah um, we are hitting that time period I, I do apologize, but I want to thank you so much for having me on. I, I've again to your audience. Uh, I had uh, bottled water on. I think at this point, three or three I to four months October. ago. October, yeah, it's yeah. and it was very very well received and all that. And I, I think uh, I, I hope that helped you um, gain some momentum leading up to your show here. And oh, I yeah. love I love the layout. I love the setup. All of it, man. Fantastic thank work. You. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for coming on. We got to do this again. We have some pretty interesting conversations. We do for sure, man. I'd be more than happy to to have you on at any point, even over the next week or two, if you'd be interested. But yeah. um, I, I can't thank you again, man. Thank you so so much. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. Take care, guys. Take care. Well, that is the end of episode six. What's coming up next week? I don't know. What's coming up the week after that? I'll be in Texas doing Texas stuff. So probably eating barbecue or whatever else they do in Texas. But I want to thank everybody for coming in, everybody for watching. If you're watching this after it's aired, hey, do me a favor. Go ahead and hit the like, hit the subscribe. You got to hit the little bell icon. You want to know a secret to YouTube? I just learned this from somebody who has a very big YouTube page. The secret to YouTube is when people when those push notifications come to your phone or your computer or whatever, if people don't click on those, YouTube stops sending those out. And that's how pages get lost. So keep that in mind. We'll see everybody next week when I figure out what I am doing. Thank you all for coming. Yes, in the broadcast. Why does it?